0: you're listening to sermons from crossroads community church you can find out more information about crossroads by visiting our website at crossroads.cc or by visiting us on sunday mornings at 1420 lakeside drive in Yorktown, virginia thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed today's message all right good morning everybody welcome thanks for being here with us this morning if you're here with us or watching online Thanks for joining us. One quick thing before we uh, before we jump in, uh, I want to let you know that we are hiring. Uh, so if we're looking for a part-time uh, admin who will be focusing on our family ministry, our students, and our uh, our kids. So if you have like really high admin skills and you love students, you love kids, then uh, hey, pick up a job description at the Uh, guest services, they're there, or you can send an email to office at crossroads.cc and we'll send it to you uh, by email. So all that information is on the app and website under events if you want to see more about that. Okay, so Uh, We're going to finish up our series today called The Bible. Uh, We're going to start a brand new series next week called Only Jesus. We're going to be looking at the book of Colossians. But today I'm going to be really practical with you uh, and kind of show you some things that I think will help you uh, hold on to hold on to God, hold on to his word in in our tough times. And so let me ask you this. I'm going to make an assumption. I'm going to make an assumption looking around the room Uh, and the assumption I think is pretty fair. some of us are in a dry place. You don't have to raise your hand, but some of us are in a dry place. Some of us haven't heard from God or God's voice in a long time. Maybe maybe never. Some of us in the room are just under a weight, and the weight is condemnation, and you just feel it on your shoulders all the time. Um, others, maybe it's a different kind of weight, like uh, the weight of just the, 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 the suck of this life, and the, there's, there's things going on in your life personally that just really hurt, and you, and you feel all of that right now, and you just wonder, what am I supposed to do with all of that, that those feelings, and how am I supposed to kind of walk through them? Um, we all need Jesus, amen? We all need Jesus, and we all have issues. Can we just agree on that too? We all have issues, and just to make sure that everybody in the room, you know, so maybe somebody sitting near you that's like, ah, I think I'm the only one who has issues. If you have issues, raise your hand, okay? That will help the person sitting beside you, all right? If you didn't raise your hand, then that's your issue, okay? All right? <laughs> uh, if you think you're perfect, then nobody likes you, and that's an issue, okay? So uh, we all need Jesus. Man, we all need Jesus, and today I want to show you how to come out of those dry places, I want to show you how to get out from under the condemnation or the, the weight of condemnation, uh, how, to, how to be ready when the suck of life comes or where to go to when you're, when you're really hurting. Um, and let's, let's start with this. We're going to start with our scripture verse that we've all been memorizing together for this series. It's 2 Timothy 3.16. We're not going to put it on the screen for you this, this time, so hopefully you know it. We're gonna take it off the screen, maybe? Uh, You got a quick peek, so now you're ready. Just kinda looking at your index card right before you walk into an exam, like, Okay, I think I got it. All right, so let's do it together. 2 Timothy three sixteen. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Okay, so we've all been learning that together. Uh, and then we're working on this prayer. This is the, the series prayer for this message series. Let's expect God to change us because of his word. And I hope that you've been praying that. I hope that you've been experiencing the change, the transformational change that comes only from God's word so uh, where do you go when you're in dry places where do you where do you go when you feel the weight of condemnation where do you go when when you're hurting deeply uh, and you don't know what to do Uh, the message today is called don't lose your grip okay hold tight don't lose your grip Jesus said this in John 8 if you hold to my teaching you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free if you hold to my teaching okay so hold on to it tight grip a hold of it if you hold on to my teaching it says that you're really you're really his disciples in the first place okay so hold to his teaching you're really my disciples and then you will know the truth you've probably heard that before you will know the truth and the truth will set you free the word know there in greek means it's gnosis which actually means not know it but know it not just know it in your, in your head, but know it in your heart. To know it intimately. This is the process that we walk through when we're, when we're struggling and when we're having a hard time. We have to know the truth, know it intimately, and that truth will then set us free. So when we're a dry place in our life, we have to know the truth, and that truth will set us free. When you haven't heard from God in a while, you have to know the truth and the truth will set you free. When you feel condemnation, know the truth. Not know, know the truth and the truth will set you free. When you're walking through the worst times of your life and you're not sure what to do, know the truth. Know the truth and the truth will set you free. And you have to grip a hold of it, it's something that Easily, I mean, if you've been following Jesus for any amount of your life, you know how easy it is to lose grip of these things, right? We lose grip of it. Um, For example, one of the things that we do that I try to hold on to from time to time, and we all set these resolutions at the beginning of the year, but at the beginning of the year, I'm always like, you know, I need to lose a little bit of weight. Anybody with me on that? So I'll make a resolution, and I lose 10 pounds, okay? And then I realize that I didn't really lose it. I knew where to find it all along, okay? We, we get reacquainted and it's lots of fun and, you know, it all comes back or whatever. But one of the most important things, one of the most vital and valuable things that we have to work hard to hold on to is our relationship with God to, to, to know uh, the truth and let that truth set us free. And some of you are off to a great start this year. You've been reading your Bible. You've been praying. You've been connected in groups. Don't lose your grip. It's so easy to lose it. So easy to lose it. Others, you know, you're here today and, you know, like I, I'm not as close to God as I once was. And you can, you can kind of look and say, now I've, I've lost my grip a little bit. Or maybe you're here in routine. You know, you just, this is what you do on Sundays and you want that fire to spark in you again because you realize like you've lost some grip and you want to hold on to it again. So let me give you three quick things today from the book of James to help us hold on to God and hold on to his word. James chapter 1 if you've got your Bible we should be hearing some of this this morning all right so uh James chapter 1 um and uh, you say well James why do you get to speak into my life about this James says well I brushed my teeth next to God you know James was the half brother the brother of Jesus did you guys know that James, why do you get to speak into my life about this? Well, I shared bunk beds with Jesus. Okay, all right. We will let you speak into our life in this. How do you how do you hold on to God's word? Three things for you today. Number one, let's make it God's word. Let's make it the foundation of our lives. Let's love it. Love it. Learn it. You remember? Live it. Love it. Learn it. Live it. Okay, let's make it the the foundation of our lives. Let's love it. So James says, verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the, the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Looks like. So the foundation is don't just listen to the word but do what it says. It's, it is the foundation Everything in my life or our lives should be built on that foundation. We don't always see foundations, but foundations are always there. And the, the quality of the structure depends on the quality of the foundation, right? The quality of our marriage, the quality of our dating relationships, the quality of our work life, the quality of our parenting, the, que- the quality of all of these things depends on the foundation that we actually build. What is our foundation? James says, don't listen to the word. Just listen to the word and so deceive ourselves, but do it. It's so amazing that this was written a couple thousand years ago and still so relevant to us today. James is saying there are these mirrors that we look into and they can deceive us. Okay, they can deceive us. There's this guy at the gym who looks at himself in the mirror all the time, all right? Uh, he used to go to the other gym. I've tried to get away from him. He used to go to the other gym I went to, and now he goes to the gym I go to now. And he walks by the mirror all the time. He looks at himself, and he just goes. <laughs> I am mean, so aggravating. Heather knows exactly who I'm talking about. So aggravating. But we look into the mirrors. You looked into the mirror before you walked into this room. I know it. I can see it. You look great. You look great. How many of you before you even get out of your car, you, you pull down the sun visor, you flip up the mirror, you take a quick look, close it, back up. You just wanna make sure there's not like something hanging out of your nose, right? Make sure your hair's good. And you, you see these things and you address them. You all did that before you got here today. Um, I think the only exception may be like sixth graders, not all of them, but some of them will definitely look into a mirror and come, come to student ministry on Sunday nights, you'll see it with your own eyes. You're like, did you see it? Did you look in a mirror? Like they look in a the mirror, they see themselves, and they walk away. So what James is saying to us is don't be like a spiritual sixth grader who looks into the mirror, sees what needs to be addressed, and then walks away from it, okay? We look into the mirror of God's Word, and we can be deceived if we just listen to it. He says if you look into the mirror of God's Word, and God's Word is a mirror, and it, and, and it, it speaks to us. It says things like, love your neighbor. It says things like, Love your spouse the way that Christ loves the church. It says, you know, be, be quicker to, 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 to listen and slower to speak. It says all of these things to us, work hard like you're working unto the Lord. And we see these things and we read things like run from sexual sin. And we see these things in God's word as the mirror shines on us. It would be as crazy as a sixth grader walking away from that mirror and saying i'm not going to do anything about this we look into the mirror of god's word and it speaks to us and he says you'll you'll deceive yourself if you just look at it and walk away instead remember what you heard remember what you read and then do it so there's all these different kinds of things uh, in god's word that sometimes are, are hard for us to to understand because we have these preferences right we all have preferences but god's word's not a preference for us you have preferences right just, you know sherry mentioned one just a few minutes ago beans are no beans in our chili i'm a no bean person uh we put beans in it but my wife found a bean that i can stand you know and that's what we put in there you know you, you have all these preferences right you some of you like sweets anybody some of you like salty. Some of you like to, to get up early in the morning. That's your preference. Some of you like to sleep in. That's your preference. Some of you like dogs. That's your preference. Some of you like cats. That's your preference, right? Um, every time I preach a message on, on heaven, people always come to me and say, you know, will my pet go to heaven? And I'm always like, I think dogs are gonna make it, but cats for sure aren't gonna make it. But uh, <laughs> But I have, to, I have to be honest with you though, I have fallen in love with this cat that lives with us named Braylon and uh, God is ch- slowly changing my heart. She's my little buddy now, I love her. So you guys have been praying for me and God's working on my heart. I've fallen in love with this little cat. But uh, so if there is a mirror and there is that shows us God's best for us, it can be the foundation of our life then certainly there are mirrors that will also deceive us and point us in the wrong direction as well let me give you a few of those um, uh, this morning one would be popular culture okay popular culture many of us build our foundation on popular culture Uh, it comes along and it says to us this is great you should do this everyone's doing this and we say well if everyone's doing that and that's great then i should do it too and it may even seem right In fact, the Bible talks about this wide path that lots of people go on, but then there's this more narrow path that we can follow by God's word that few people find it, but yet it leads to truth and life. Matthew seven says, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. How many of you know this little thing right here that we carry around with us is also a mirror? We, we look into it all the time. Wow, we look into it all the time, and, and uh, it, it's attached to all of this social media and all of these things that people are saying to us, and it's always telling us who we should be and who we are and you know what we should look like. It's always screaming at us as we look into this mirror. I, if I could do one thing different with my kids now that they're grown, I would go back and not give them phones when they went into the sixth and seventh grade. I would, hold, I would hold on to that time because they began to look into the mirror and the mirror began to tell them who they were. The mirror began to tell them what they were supposed to look like. And uh, we, they de- they're deceived. We're, we're deceived by these things. We're deceived by popular culture. We're deceived by tradition. And the second one, now that might surprise you and you might say, though, that's not me. Uh, But Jesus talked about it, so it's good that we do too. But some people who call themselves Christians build their lives on tradition and not truth, okay? Uh, There's nothing wrong with traditions. I I like traditions, but not at the expense of truth. Not when it becomes more important than truth. Not when it becomes a distraction of truth. You know, don't change that. That's my seat. Over there by that window. We better sing that song in that way. (laughs) Uh, You better read from my translation, That's not how God works. Don't raise your hands. You better not dance in church. These are traditions that we build our life on sometimes. I grew up in a church where you didn't run in the building. You didn't wear a hat or a t-shirt. You didn't sing a song outside of the hymn book. You didn't listen to the radio. You didn't go to bush Gardens. You better be at church every time the doors open or you're not really that committed. And for years and years and years, I built my life on that kind of tradition and my heart was far from God. So Jesus speaks about that in Mark seven. He says, so the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. So traditions can be a deceitful mirror that we build our lives on. A third would be reason. Reason. Many people build the foundation of their lives on reason. Well, let me give you my opinion about that. I've thought about it, and this is what seems right to me. I know the Bible says that, but, you know, things have changed, Pastor. (laughs) Things have changed. Proverbs 16, 25 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Well, this has gotta be right because it makes sense. Well, let me just say this. If there's conflict in our mind versus you know, what God says versus what makes sense, go with God because God is bigger, God is smarter, God is greater, and that's why he's God, all right? So reason, many people will build their lives, the foundation of their lives on reason. And then last, feelings. If it feels right, it must be right and we build our foundation on that. Our, our feelings will lie to us, did you know that? All the time. They are wonderful, God created us with feelings, but you can't trust them fully. In fact, I saw a video um, about three or four weeks ago of uh, this, it was a, it seemed to be about a 20-year-old girl and she was in a lecture, and the lecture was talking about God, and, and I, don't, I don't even remember what the main topic of it was, but. Um, the girl screams out. This twenty-year-old girl screams out in this lecture. I think everyone should do whatever the hell they want. And the lecturer like steps back and was like, "Whoa, what? A mi- wait a minute! Like, um, so you think it would be okay for me to go kill your dog today if that's what I wanted to do?" I said, "Everyone should do whatever the hell they want." And he steps back again. The lecturer is like, "Whoa." Well, you know, what if, what if I really felt like I should kill your mom today? Would that be okay? I said, she said it again, that's kind of scary, isn't it? It's based on, based on feelings. And, and certainly, I wouldn't say that I know anybody that lives at that level of that. But every time we say that feelings are more important than what God's word says to us, I've seen people that follow the way of feelings, and eventually they end up in... Uh, a chair in front of me saying, uh, my life's a mess. It turned out miserable. Not the way that I thought it was going to be. In fact, if you want to read one of the most tragic books of the Bible, uh, Judges chapter 21 its the last verse of that very tragic. There's some great things in there too, but lots of, lots of tragic stuff. But it says this because the people—the people the people didn't want a king to rule them. And they certainly didn't want the King of Kings to rule them. And so the very last ver- uh, verse of uh, judges, the book of Judges, 21:25 says, "At that time, there was no king in Israel, people did whatever they felt like doing, and it was tragic. If you read it, it was tragic. So what do we do when we don't understand something in the Bible? What, if we, what do we do when we don't like something in the Bible? What do we do if we don't understand what God is doing around us? Do we have to understand it to trust it? Do we have to understand it to obey it? Or can we trust without understanding? Can we obey without understanding? Can we obey without liking it? I think if I could understand all that God was, if I could wrap my mind around everything that God is, then he would be like me, and I'm not too comfortable with that. Are you? (laughs) That's what makes God amazing, is that he's greater than us. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He's bigger than we are, and so I'm okay not always understanding what God's doing, and I'm okay not always agreeing with what God says because he's God, and I just, I just turn it over to him because his way is better. And sometimes people say, well, that's tragic. You know, I had people say to me, that's tragic. You don't agree with that, and yet you're going to live your life like that? You don't, you're going to obey that even though you don't understand it? You're going to trust even though you can't understand it? And that's, that's tragic. And I, I think it's more tragic to never take the opportunity to see if God's way is better. You know, I just don't like that, so I'm not going to do it. I don't agree with it, so I'm not going to do it. To me, that's more tragic because you never get to experience that it's actually better when you do. A lot of what we don't understand in the Bible, um, we'll, we'll never understand that until we do it. We'll never understand parts of the Bible until we actually do it. So make that, make God's word the foundation of our lives. Let's love it. Okay, now the next two, I promise you I'm going to go a lot faster. Okay, um, That's how all sermons are. Number one is always long, then number two and three are a lot shorter, okay? So number two, uh, let's make it the first part of our daily lives, let's learn it. Learn it, make it the first part of our daily lives. James says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I think the word here that just kind of pops off at me is the word intently. Look at the word intently, like bend over, look at it, learn it, understand it. How do, I, how do I do that? How do I make it the first part of my daily life? How do I look at it intently? Well, here's some tips. Carve out, do not disturb times. You have to find times every day when you can slip away and take a break from everything going on in your life and spend time with God and read his word for me it's early in the morning for my wife she's able to do it in the afternoon i've tried afternoon but once i get going in the day i'm going right so i've got to do it in the morning do not disturb times mean i turn off my phone or i put it away i'm not looking at email i'm not paying attention to text messages i'm not looking at social media because i've got to do that i've got to be intentional because i don't know about you but like i can be in one moment thinking about jesus on the cross and the next moment thinking about mac and cheese anybody else with me, like this is where my mind goes. I can be one moment like thinking of the priesthood of Jesus and the next moment like leopards and leotards. I don't know why I do this, but this is just what happens. So I have to be very intentional to set aside time where nobody can disturb me, and that's when I spend time with, with God. And you might say I'm busy, I get it, I'm busy. You might say I've got kids to drive around and dinners to fix and kids to put to bed and school sports and all these things. I get it, I live it. I lived it, <laughs> um, but we'll always do what's important to us. And so I've got to set aside those times. Here's a, here's a challenge for you to take if you've, if you've not been able to get consistent on this or you're just getting started. It's called the First 15 Challenge. I would challenge you to do this. If you're just getting started, uh, first, the first five minutes, read God's Word. So for five minutes of your day, read God's Word. Get a Bible that you love in a translation that you love and begin to read. You can do the YouVersion app with us as a church. It's a great way to do it. Just take five minutes. You say, I don't even have five minutes. Can you read a chapter? No, I don't have time for a chapter. Then can you read it? Can you read three verses? I don't have time for three verses. Can you read a verse? Yes. Okay, read a verse. Even if that's all you can do in a day, (laughs) I, I, I would rather you read one verse a day than nothing at all. So take five minutes, just try it. Read God's word for five minutes. Psalm 119 says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my my path. So five minutes, read the word. Five minutes in worship, respond. Okay, so uh, a a part of my time with God is is listening to music, just praising God. Uh, It's amazing to me how a song will just soothe the savage beast inside of me, anybody? It just happens. Some of you experienced it today. Like you came in here, you're like your deltoids hurting because you're slapping kids in the back seat on the way to church. You're you're mad when you walk in, you're frustrated at somebody and you come in here and we sing one worship song and just the the savage beast inside of you begins to soothe. Um, If you don't know where to start with that, just ask somebody young and ask them about this thing called Spotify and they'll point you in the right direction. Uh, You can, we even have a a playlist or a channel on Spotify ourselves as a church if you wanna use the songs that we we sing here. Just take five minutes. Five minutes to read God's word, five minutes to worship. That's like one song. Psalm 34 one says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. So five minutes of reading God's word, five minutes of worship, five minutes of prayer. 15 minutes total. Some of you are like, I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to start with praying for five minutes. I can't do five minutes in prayer. Well, watch this. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Start there. Five minutes. Just take... A few moments just to thank God. It says with thanksgiving, just thank God for stuff. I guarantee if you start going down that path, you'll, you'll, you'll run out of time because you're gonna think of all these things to be thankful for. And then it says, present your request to God. And as you begin to do that, you just lay out, God, I, I really need help with this. I pray for my family. And you begin to pray for different things and your prayer life will grow and it will become more than that. But if you don't know where to start, start there being thankful, and then bringing your request to God. 15 minutes, five minutes reading God's word, five minutes in worship, five minutes in prayer. So you think that will make a difference? Guaranteed it will. Guaranteed. Do it. And then last, worship team, come on. I'm winding up. Last thing. Last one. Let's make it grow deeper in our lives, let's live it. So it says, James 1, verse 24 again, it says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So looking intently into the word of God, continuing in the word of God, not forgetting what you read in the word of God, what you heard, but doing it, it says, doing the word of God, you'll be blessed And what you do. So how do we grow deeper? How do we grow deeper? By remembering, remembering and doing what the Bible says. Remembering and doing what the Bible says. This is not forgetting what they have heard. Not forgetting what they have heard. Memorizing God's word. Putting it in our hearts and our lives so that we know it intimately. You remember John 16, 24? You guys know that verse, right? We worked on it together. Until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you'll receive, and your joy will be complete. First Timothy three, sixteen. All scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. We're hiding God's word in our heart, we're memorizing it, and then we do it. Not forgetting what you've heard, but doing it. Psalm 119 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? by living according to the word, by doing it. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I know your word. It will help you resist temptation It will help you have victory over worry. It will help you stay encouraged. It will help you develop your prayer life. It will help you be prepared to share hope with others. It will help you keep your eyes on God. It will renew your mind and transform your life. It helps us to live in obedience. It blesses our lives. It helps us make the right choices. And I could go on and on. Remember, remember the word of God and do what it says, and it says, and you will be blessed in what you do, and that's not a, that's not a legalistic type of thing, like, do this and you'll be blessed, it's, the, the goal here is that you're growing in relationship with Christ Jesus, and as you do that, I promise you, you'll be blessed, you'll be blessed. Can we pray together? Lord, we thank you for uh, your, your word to us, and Lord, how much it means to us that that you, we have it, we have a translation that we can put in our hands and, and read, Lord, your very word to us. God help us to build the foundation of our life on it. When there's so many things that are pulling on us, to build our lives on it. But for us to look into the, the very mirror of God's word and not walk away from it deceived. Because we don't do it, but we remember it and we do it. God, shine your light in us as we we read it. Change us and transform us into who you want us to be and who you created us to be. And Lord, help us as um, we're pulled in different directions to take those times where we spend time with just you. Grow in our relationship and our intimacy with you through reading your word and praying and worship. And God, thank you that your word can be placed on our heart to give us hope and peace and victory and encouragement. Help us be prepared when life stinks and your word is there for us. Lord. Thank you. God, I lift up those in the the room now who are seeking you for the first time in in a brand new way. Lord, show them that it doesn't matter where they've been, it doesn't matter what they've done or the weight they feel today. Lord, show them. Call them to you. Lift the weights off of them. They'd find forgiveness and restoration and hope in you. And Lord, for those of us who have known you for a long time who have walked away from you have lost our grip we thank you that your heart draws us back that you want us to come back home and i thank you for hearts in this room that are realizing right now in this moment they are coming to their senses as god's word says and they're coming home it's a beautiful thing and your arms are wide open wide open to welcome us home we thank you lord Help us to hold tight to you and to your word and to not lose grip. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Crossroads Community Church. If this message was meaningful to your life, please let us know by sending an email to office at crossroads.cc. You can also watch our services live every Sunday at 9.30 and 11 a.m. or visit our campus in Yorktown, Virginia. If you would like to connect with us, fill out our connect card by the link in our podcast description. We hope you have a blessed week and we can't wait for you to listen again soon.